Greetings! Hello everybody and welcome back to the middle of the order for one more episode. If you're listening to this, uh, this is the third episode that has been released today on our uh, in the middle of the order here. We had our normal episode and of course we had our T.O.P. for the Mets. Uh, now here we are with another T.O.P., the third and final episode of the day, don't worry, uh, for the Boston Red Sox. We're talking about the Sox here. And uh, if you're here for the third episode and you've listened through the other two already, thank you so much. means a lot to me. Uh, but let's dive right on in here and talk about the Boston Red Sox here and the 2024 season ahead of them. And uh, definitely going to be an interesting one. Last year, um, they were 78-84. and 84. They finished 11th in runs scored, yet 21st in ERA and runs allowed. That slot them was, or whoa, that slot them for was. Uh, that is for 5th place in the AL East division. They were 10th in the AL overall and 20th in MLB. They should have been having the... Well, hi, my English is a little bit off today. Oh, lele. I guess all these episodes uh, coming out all at once. They have the 12th pick in the MLB draft. They should have had the 12th pick. So they don't have... They don't lose any spots or gain any spots uh, throughout the draft lottery is what I'm trying to say. Who is a new... Boston Red Sox might be one of the questions you're wondering. Tyler O'Neill. They acquired him from the Cardinals. Von Grissom. They acquired him from the Braves, the young shortstop second baseman. Lucas Giolito and Liam Hendricks, former White Sox. They played together for a long time. Both of them coming over to Boston. You love a little White Sox to Red Sox action. There was one player I can think of besides these two who was a White Sox and came over to the Red Sox. And his name was Chris Sale. And he was on the team last year and he is not on the team this year as he is off to Atlanta. That's part of the trade that they got for Von Grissom. Other players they lost, Adam Duvall, gone. James Paxton, gone. Justin Turner, gone. Uh, Luis Urias, I forgot they made that trade. He's gone. John Schreiber, another trade they made with the Royals. He's out of there. Uh, Alex Verdugo, that one might sting a little bit. He's a New York Yankee now. He's gone. Uh, And then Corey Kluber did retire as well. So a lot of names that you know these are all guys who i would say like yeah these are mlb dudes uh and they're all gone to boston this offseason they were a trading team for sure besides those two signings of giolito and hendrix they made six total trades where they traded away players like verdugo uh like sale like schreiber like urias they made one uh the cardinals they did the braves they did the royals they did the mariners um, did I mention the Yankees? There's another one. And there was one other one that I can't think of top of my head right now. But six total trades from Boston this po- uh, this offseason. Uh, so, yeah, they weren't big spenders, but they did make a lot of moves to this team. Uh, and let's see how they'll pay off as we start talking about that starting rotation. Fangrass has newly acquired Lucas Giolito as the ace of that staff. He's had a couple of bumpy years as of late. Nick Pavetta in the two. Brian Bello. Brian Bello. Uh, Cutter Crawford uh, pitching fourth in the rotation. And then Tanner Hyuk uh, rounds that rotation off. I hope I pronounced that right. I've always heard it Hyuk on, uh, on like TV when I watch Boston games. Uh, the bullpen. Some notable names here that you know. Kenley Jansen, the closer, who was a part of a lot of trade rumors this offseason. Chris Martin's one of the guys that uh, Boston has that has been doing it for the last couple of years now. He's a good guy there. Garrett Whitlock um, and Josh Winchowski. 
John Winchowski, it's a fun name to pronounce, and some other guys in the, the later half of that ballpen there. The lineup is definitely the spot where you want to be if you are a Boston fan. This lineup is good, uh, at least very top-heavy. Three guys who have been with Boston. Some young guys. Jaron Duran leading things off for Red Sox fans here in center field. Then batting second, the third baseman, superstar Raphael Devers, one of the best, one of the game's best right now. Uh, batting third, it is first baseman Tristan Casas, finished third in Rookie of the Year voting. That's three lefties to start the lineup. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> uh, Trevor Story, he's back to the shortstop position finally. Uh, bats fourth, Masataka Yoshida, the DH, batting fifth, Tyler O'Neill in left field, uh, Willier Abreu in right field, bat seventh, uh, Vaughn Grissom playing second base, according to Fangraphs, uh, batting eighth, and then Connor Wong, the catcher, who bats ninth. That bench has Reese McGuire as the backup catcher, Emmanuel Val- Valdez as the infielder here, Bobby Dahl back, uh, platoon righty potentially, and then Rob Refsnyder as that backup outfielder uh taking a look at those injuries two guys come to note and to name here of course one being liam Hendricks. they signed him to a two-year deal uh, but he did get tommy john surgery late uh last year so he is questionable for the entire 2024 season while another guy brian Mata, who is a relief pitcher in the boston staff here he's questionable for opening day he had a sprained hamstring uh just a couple days ago and by well as of recording this it was yesterday but by the time this is coming out he had a, he pulled a strained hamstring there uh, during a spring training game, so he is listed questionable for opening day as well. Um, if we look now, what are we doing next? The free agents for next year is where I go usually. Uh, and there's a couple names here that are interesting. Kenley Jansen and Chris Martin both come off the books after this year. That's the best two relief pitches they have. So that's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, other guys include Nick Pavetta and Tyler O'Neill as they finish off arbitration and will be heading to free agency for the first time in their careers. Um, yeah, overall, Boston's done a couple of uh, interesting moves, of course. You know, trading away sales, a big one. He's been there um, really for a long time now when you think about it. Obviously, his prime was with the White Sox, but he is a World Series champion. Boston did win it in 2018 when he struck out Manny Machado to beat the Dodgers. I forget Machado was a Dodger that year. That's crazy. I'm, that was a wild postseason. Anyways, uh, let's talk a little bit about this Boston team and some of the guys that you know. And uh, one guy did mention Chris, Tristan Casas, uh, rookie of the year, placed third. Uh, in his first full season with the Red Sox here, played 132 games, 113 hits, a two sixty three batting average, and eight fifty six OPS, 24 home runs for the club. That is a good number and a good stat line for your first official year in the majors. Uh, he's a power-hitting first baseman, so, you know, he's he's a young kid. There's a high ceiling, and if he kind of has a, a good, you know, 2024 campaign, um, you know, we could be talking about this guy is getting up into the, the categorization of the best first baseman in the game currently. Um the one thing I do want to just kind of worry about, too, is that we have seen this before where a player in their first year has a great first year and then, you know, the sophomore slumps come to town and knock him down. I'm not saying this is the the case for Tristan Casas, but uh, it is something to be worried about, especially uh, when they'll be in a top 
top heavy AL East. Of course, one player who that's never bothered, Rafael Devers, the best Boston Red Sox player by far. A 2018 World Series champion, he was there. A two times All Star, two times Silver Slugger. Um, I forget this guy was already in the league in 2017 at the age of 20. He's going to be 27 this year, his entire seven-year career with Boston. Uh, He's always been in the talks for MVP voting. He's one of the game's best third basemen, but of course it's a very loaded position. Uh, Last year played 153 games, 157 hits, 33 home runs, uh, 271 batting average, and 851 OPS. He is a pure hitter, and he is a good one at that. Uh, And another pure hitter that we got to see in his rookie year last year, Masataka Yoshida. Remember when Boston paid this guy and everyone was thinking, uh, are you sure about that? Because what are we doing? They gave him $90 for five years. And after last season, I think Boston fans are now happier about the deal because at the time, they were not. He finished sixth in rookie of the year voting, uh, played 140 games, 155 hits, a 289 batting average, and a 783 OP. Yes, 15 home runs, uh, and he was good. He looked good when I saw him. Uh, he came to town once or twice. I got to see him play, uh, and he is a, he's a ball player. You know, he's good center fielder, good outfielder there. Um, obviously, they have some better defensive guys, so that's why Fangraphs has him listed as a DH, but I'm sure he'll find some time out there in the outfield as well, but I think those home run numbers might get a boost. I think he can maybe go for 20 here. But uh, he is up there in a little bit in age. He's going to be turning 30 this year. So we'll see how that goes in his second year um, in his major league stint with the Red Sox here. Um, One guy who I would love, or two guys really, who need to bounce back. And uh, these are going to be guys who are key for Boston's success if they have any uh, this year. Uh, The first one being Lucas Giolito. And this is a guy for me who I love Lucas Giolito. I think he's a great starting pitcher. Uh, one-time All-Star, and that was in 2019. He was very good, uh, and that's kind of when he kind of brought his game to life, really. I think that was the year he got his no-hitter in as well. I'm not sure if that was 2019 or 2020. Uh, 2019, he had three complete games and two shutouts, so I'm assuming it had to be in 2019. One of those was the no-hitter. Um very good. 2020, he finished 7th in Cy Young voting. He finished 6th in Cy Young voting in 2019. And then in 2021, he finished 11th in Cy Young voting. All those years, ERA is about 3.5, 3.4. Then 2022 happened, and that was where he kind of started rocking the boat. Not only did he did, but sort of the White Sox. Uh, a 4.9 ERA that year. And then last year, his ERA finished with 4. Uh, it was okay with the White Sox thing at 3.8. They then traded him to the Angels, where in six games it wasn't, and it was a 6.89. They cut him loose, uh, you know, a little bit after when their whole push at the deadline thing goes awry. The Guardians claim him, and he's even worse there in six games, a 7.04 ERA. So the last two years, pretty, you know, kind of want to erase those from the books. He uh, led the league in home runs given up last year with 41. So, you know, for Lucas, uh, all the best finding himself again, hopefully getting able to find that 2019 form that he had. Uh, I think it'll help him a little bit that the team is a little bit better, you know, from the White Sox and their offensive struggles to the Angels and how much they struggled and to the Guardians. You know, the Guardians are a pitching team. They have guys like Jose Ramirez who are there and some nice offensive pieces. But uh, I think, you know, this might be the best 
offensive team besides those 2019-2020 White Sox uh, that Lucas Giolito has been on in the last two, three years. So I think that will benefit him, hopefully, and he'll be able to kind of bounce back a little bit into form where he is a good pitcher. And speaking of good players, Trevor Story, one last guy to, to dis- talk about here and discuss here. Um, he's been hurt. He's had his issues with, uh, you know, ever since coming over and signing with Boston. In the two years, so 2022 and 2023, he only played 137 games, so he hasn't even played a you know cl- really close to a full season um, in two years with Boston. Like 137 games, you're still missing a good 20-ish games or so, nearly a good month of baseball. Uh, last year with Boston, he did you know struggle <laughs> again uh, in 43 games. He had 32 hits. Uh, a 203 batting average and a 566 OPS and only had three home runs. And I mean, that's not the Trevor story I remember from Colorado. Let's just say that Colorado Trevor story was putting up 35, 37 home runs a year when he was an all-star in 2018 and 2019. Even the first year he was with Boston, he only had 16 home runs. Uh, the last time Trevor Story hit 20 or more home runs was 2021 with the Colorado Rockies. And yes, you could say the Coors effect is much different than the Fenway effect, and I would 100% agree with you. But Trevor Story has is definitely a better ball player than we've seen him be with Boston in the last two years. Um, possibly because he's been at second base. Obviously, the injuries haven't played a helpful part in that either, as he's missed a lot of time. Um, but I truly think having Story come back to being a shortstop and a pure shortstop uh, player uh, will benefit him and, in general, benefit the team. I think he, you know, you try him at second base, it doesn't work, that's fine. He is a shortstop. You bring him back uh, and you have Vaughn Grissom to play second base. I love that. Uh, we've seen that a lot recently with, like, shortstops being second basemen. also. We saw that with Tim Anderson in the World Baseball Classic, and that one worked out pretty well. Uh, we've seen it here with Trevor Story in the Red Sox, and that one worked out poorly. And uh, now the Padres are trying it with Xander Bogarts playing second base. You know, they sent Tatis from shortstop to right field. So, you know, if you're a shortstop right now, that's a huge position. A lot of great players, and they'll be like basically just turn you on the other side of the field and make you play second base. And granted, it might work for some players, but I think Story's one of those guys that he needs to be a shortstop. He, he was brought up as a shortstop, and... It makes sense that he's going to be able to go back and uh, play shortstop for the Boston Red Sox this year. Uh, but yeah, as a whole, you know, you look at the roster. I mean, it's got to be weird that Alex Verdugo's a Yankee. And like, if you're a Boston Red Sox fan and you're listening to this, let me know in the comments. But how do you feel about that? You traded away Mookie Betts for Alex Verdugo. And now, not only was Jeter Downs, who was the shortstop that you also got in the trade, if I'm if I'm remembering my trades correctly, not only was he a Yankee for a short amount of time, but now Alex Verdugo, who was supposed to replace, or not replace, obviously, you can't replace the value that Mookie Betts had. But now he's a Yankee now? Like, uh, that's a tough one. And, and Justin Turner went to the Blue Jays, and Chris Sale's not there anymore, and James Paxton's going to be a winner on the Dodgers. Uh, no. I mean, when you look at who they lost versus what they added, um, you know, if I was a Boston fan, I wouldn't be too, too pleased. But, hey, let's not give uh, Tyler O'Neill 
uh, discredit here because he was uh, a nice ball player for the Red Sox at one point. He finished eighth in MVP voting in 2021. That I do not remember. Two-time Gold Glover. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how he does out there in left field uh, with the Fenway Wall. Uh, he's definitely missed a little bit of time with injuries the last couple of years. He hasn't played 100 games. He's only played 100 games once in his career, and that was in 2021 where he was uh, eighth in MVP voting. Uh, but outside of that, from 2018 to 2023, every year, 50 games, 61 games, 86, or 96, 72. Uh, so, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I didn't actually know that about Tyler O'Neill, but yet he's still a two-time Gold Glove winner. Uh, oh, well, of course, the one of the 50s was COVID, so that was actually a full season. 50s, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is my bad. But, uh, yeah, Tyler O'Neill, you know, if he can stay healthy, what do you get out of him? He's a powerful bat. You know, his batting average isn't going to fly off any numbers, but his uh, home runs, they can get up there. He had 34 home runs. Granted, that was in 2021, of course. And it's been three years since that. So what do you get out of Tyler O'Neill? What do you get out of the kid, Vaughn Grissom? That's a quick thing I want to we can bring up really quickly here. He came into the league 2022 at the age of 21, a little bit young, granted, um, and he struggled by no one's surprise. Uh, last year, Braves gave him another little small opportunity towards the end of the year, also struggled. Uh, so far in his two years, in his little stints with the Braves, 64 games, a 746 OPS, a 287 batting average, and five home runs. So, you know, more consistent playing time is definitely going to help him out. I think he, he has that potentially as a ceiling. And that's what Boston has. It's a bunch of guys who has potentials and high ceilings. But when you're comparing potential to actual talent that the Yankees have, that the Blue Jays have, that Baltimore has. Baltimore has endless amounts of young players with so much talent, potential, and and just overall just baseball abilities that... I'm sorry, Boston, but this is going to be kind of a rough year for you guys. You know, you were fifth in the AL last year in the AL East. I'd expect the same thing. I mean, no offense, but you guys didn't really get better. I mean, you lost Verdugo and Duvall, two good outfielders for Tyler O'Neill, Sure. James Paxton gone, Kluber retired, Chris Sale gone. You get Lucas Giolito, sure. Luis Urias, Justin Turner, those guys are out. You get Von Grissom, eh. and then you sign Hendricks, and he's injured this year. I mean, yeah, I don't know, Boston. Let me know what you guys, how you guys are feeling entering this year. I, I'm not too confident on Boston's chances and, and the upside they have for uh, 2024. Uh, the over-under is at 79.5, which is a fair over and under, you know, considering there were 78 wins last year, you know, and and it, this, the new scheduling that they had, you know, last year, I think, or two years ago even maybe now, where you're guaranteed to play every team, that helps out because, listen, is Boston a good team in the AL East? Not really, no. But are they a good team against other like teams in other divisions? Absolutely. There was a point, and I said this in a lot of episodes, especially about middle of the season last year, where I was saying Boston, who is last in the AL East, is the best team in the AL Central. I would take Boston's team over the Twins, over the Guardians, Tigers, Royals, White Sox, whoever you want there. I would take them over the Angels. I would. You can really debate Boston with Seattle, like a good Boston team versus a, a mediocre, you know, things aren't clicking for Seattle. 
Those are pretty close, you know. So I think it, it doesn't help that Boston's in the AL East, and a lot of their games will will be against those teams. But um, yeah, seventy nine point five. It's a very close line, but uh, for being last in the division, you're not going to win eighty games and be last in your division. And if that is the case, I'd be shocked. Give me the under on Boston, and uh, good luck for you guys in 2024. Uh, let's get Trevor Story and Lucas Giolito right. Yeah, let's let's make that the storylines that I want. And another strong year for Masataka Yoshida. That's my hopes for Boston. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, and that's going to do it for our TOPs for week one. Ten teams down, 10, 20 to go. Uh, we got ten more next week, and then ten more the following week. Um, baseball's getting close, guys. By the time we listen to this, less than 30 days away. Uh, we're, we're about to, we're, we're in March. It is March 1st today. Yes, it is March 1st today. Uh, so yeah, baseball is here. It's baseball month, March 1st. So let's get excited for that. Thank you, everybody, so, so, so much. And I will see you guys uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs>